Church. Happy March 1st. I always like spending time on the first day of the month anyway. Took a little longer to get here, didn't it? Yeah. One day. Yesterday was the 29th, so it didn't take a little longer to get here. Yesterday doesn't exist. All right. Well, the Lord put something on my heart a couple of weeks ago and uh, kind of threw me a curveball last Sunday. So bear with me because I'm, I'm still struggling last night how to present what he put on my heart last week. And just asking God for direction as to what this is about. For us, there might be someone here, but the first thing I'm looking at is the bulletin where Pastor's going to start the new series called Answering the Call. So I believe, I really believe that's something to do with that. While Mike was preaching, I was sitting here and I started doing it. Something I do it helps listen, and then I'll stop writing notes. Used to have the kids do that to me and, uh, in school here when I was teaching class. They were all doing it all the time. They said, If you're listening, it's helping you listen. The Lord started speaking to me, and I don't know what it was that Mike said in the message last week that inspired me to do that, but I started drawing. Creation. How do you draw creation? Sun, moon, and stars, and I'm doing like a stick figure drawing. And, um, and then I did God's Word. Didn't do a little three dimensional drawing, did the Word. I actually was going to bring it this morning and I forgot. Just God teaching me about Bible. Then I drew a dove because the dove was flying up. Anyway, so. We put these pictures together. This is something I, something I think, six weeks ago, down at the beach. So this is the create creation that we had a meeting, big meeting. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if you guys can put those three together. We have the creation, we have the word, we have the dove. So this is what I drew on paper last week. So all week I've been like praying, Lord, all right, what is how does this tie in? What does this mean? And all I can really come up with is God wants us to have the tools to be able to go forth and preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And we're going to come across a lot of different people 
across a lot of different people every day. That's what I do with incubation. Um, so as I begin to think about creation and how many people, you know, I, I might have been able to relate to as I speak about God's creation. You know, take pictures like this. We've got artists, a lot of photographers and saying people go down to the beach and we take these pictures and you just think, how Read to you Psalm 65, verse 8. The reason why I love this verse was that it says, Those that live at the ends of the earth. You know what Cape Cod is? I know in terms of our country, we're out at the end, like the farthest east. And, you know, I just started thinking about how cool it is when I get out to the beach. Those that live at the ends of the earth stand in awe of your wonders. From where the sun rises to where the sun sets, you inspire shouts of joy. You find people, a lot of people love the earth and all the things that are true. It's wonderful. I will be able to speak about God the Creator. Almighty God, you are awesome. You look at the creation. I don't know how many of you have been to the Grand Canyon. How many of you have just been out to the beach and saw pictures like this? I mean, there are so many places that we can go that we are in awe. This should be a tool. We just think just about creation alone. That could be the easiest tool to be able to bring a conversation to the table about Jesus Christ. He was there from the beginning, right? A lot of people don't realize that. He was there when things were created. In Isaiah chapter 37, verse 16, Isaiah says, and it's also the same prayer is repeated by Hezekiah in 2 Kings. His old Lord of heaven's armies, God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Amen? Amen. This is good. This is good stuff, right? But there's more. We look at God's Word, the Bible. And I have that picture of a big Old Bible. It says, Holy Bible, sitting on the coffee table. During my childhood days. Holy Bible. Didn't know we could go and look at it and read it. When I was younger, we weren't so open. Do what's written in his word. 
says in 1 John chapter 2, chapter 2, verse 5, but those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. So we can take another step. We can be talking to somebody who's maybe grown up in a family where they've been in church. They know the Holy Bible. Maybe it's a history book or the book that you're not supposed to touch. But you can start talking about God's word and that's his living word and tell them all about Jesus and his love and you can get into it. And you can even mark it up. Let's say that. This is good too. Amen? But there's more. That's exciting. And then we have the Holy Spirit. <coughs> Picture of the Father. The Holy Spirit, the living water. That's where I want to start the message that God put in my heart to believe today. I'm going to read from John chapter 4, verses 1 through 15. Been here before, we've talked about, we're going to talk about the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Although Jesus himself didn't baptize and his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar. Near the field, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon the Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised. The Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritan. He said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift of God, the gift God is for you, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he, his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them giving them eternal life. I said, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. I always chuckle at that last one. Yes, you will. So I titled this The Fresh Bubbling Spring. I wanted to focus on that part. What is that fresh bubbling spring within us that gives eternal life? 
John 7, 38 and 39. Jesus says, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. This is in the NLT. I just love how they put it, bubbling, stirring within. I have another picture just took actually this morning because I wanted to be nice. <laughs> Anybody recognize that well? That bubbler? That is the famous sandwich well. A lot of people draw their water from, they fill up their buckets, and the water's tested all the time, but that is right over a natural spring. And that thing has been running and running and running and running for years. I shared this over at JML yesterday, that I think I've only seen that thing off one time. Maybe two times if it was frozen over, but technically it was still running. But when they renovated the sidewalk and but what, what they had to shut it off and tap it. So it was off for a period of time. But springs are still bubbling. We know what the bubble is at. But that has been running and running and running. And I thought of that when I read this bubbling spring within me. Because as a kid, you grow up and see it's always going. So it was like, okay, the Holy Spirit. Wants to be in us, always going, always bubbling up, always bubbling over. Amen? So, the three points I'd like to focus on this morning in this piece of scripture Jesus says, If anyone is thirsty, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? That's a good answer. Are you thirsty this morning? So you have to be thirsty for God. You have to be. The psalmist cries out in Psalm 42. Many of us may have known an old song that we used to sing. As a deer pants for the water. As a deer pants for the water, brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. And David in Psalm 63, verse 1 says, O God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And then jumping down to Revelations chapter 21, verse 6, B says, Jesus says, I will give you, I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without nothing. Amen? It's free. At first glance, being thirsty for God seems easy enough. But sometimes we don't pay attention to that thirst. Maybe because of sin or we're too busy. We don't recognize 
on the footage. Yesterday over at JML, I picked up a pitcher of water. Actually, I asked for it empty. I had other water. We talked about how important water is. You all know how important water is, right? Everything is water. It's a part speaking to nature. It's a big drink of water. We need plenty of fluids. Well, the people in JML, of course, they can relate to this. They hear it every day. That pink picture goes boom on the table in front of them, and they say, well, have you drank your water today? You need to stay hydrated. You need to drink plenty of fluids. I think of running. I used to run. And on when you run, some of us have stood by the roadside and provided water for the runners. But there's been times when I've seen runners who actually forgot to stay hydrated. How do you forget to stay hydrated as a runner? I'll tell you, if you're running and you're competing and you think, I drank enough water, and you just go, I don't have time to slow down. I'm going to beat this guy. You get so in the race in your head that you're not thinking about you're becoming dehydrated. What's going to happen? You're going to like, your muscles are you're going to start having muscle spasms, you're going to slow right down, and that guy's going to go blowing up. Sometimes you need a reminder. And that Holy Spirit bubbling up and overflowing constantly within us. If you know the Lord as your personal Savior, and you know the Spirit lives within you, we come to church to encourage one another. Amen? And sometimes we need. Reminders. It might be the word that you hear this morning. It might have been during the fellowship time between worship and, and announcements, and maybe during worship. But one of the key factors in coming together is to encourage one another, to let the Holy Spirit spill out. Sometimes we seek to satisfy our thirst in wrong ways. We try to quench the thirst with many wrong things. Success, attention, fame, money, drugs, alcohol, you name it. Thirsty for things other than our Lord is just plain wrong. We must be careful. That's why we come. But even as we're sent out, out into the mission field, if we're going to advance, if we're going to advance the gospel and answer that call to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, we've got to stay hydrated. Once, once you recognize your thirst for God, the good news is that the offer is a free gift. Don't forget that. Because when you're sharing the love of Jesus with someone, sometimes you can skip right over that. 
It's free. It's free. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do good. Well, I'm going to do some good works, and then I'll stop coming to church. So i got to be in God's favor before he'll want to see me sitting in a pew anymore or at the altar. You know, you start listening to the lies of the enemy that says you have to do. This gift is free. You don't have to. You don't have to clean up your life first to qualify for this. It's really good. The second thing is we must learn to walk in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit experiences fullness. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, Paul writes, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. He goes on to list some of the deeds of the flesh and the contrasting fruit of the Spirit. And he repeats in chapter 5, verse 25, If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. That is, if the Holy Spirit gave us new life, we need to rely on the Spirit step by step, day by day, as when we first began to walk, even as infants, as toddlers. At first, we fall a lot, right? And after a while, we hardly think about it. Paul doesn't say, leap by the Spirit or fly by the Spirit. It's a slow, step-by-step process that will gradually get you where you're going, if you keep at it. To walk by the Spirit means that each day, in every situation, you yield yourself to Him, relying on Him to work in and through you. If during the day, the flesh rears up its ugly head with impure thoughts, selfishness, anger, or whatever, you immediately confess it to the Lord, turn from it, and ask the Holy Spirit to control your thoughts words, and actions. As you learn to walk this way consistently, slowly the fruit of the Spirit will grow in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, as it states in Galatians 5.22-23. We all battle. Every single one of us. We talked about this before we need to gather together, we need that Holy Spirit following up and spilling out and refreshing to help us, to remind us, to encourage us to stay hydrated. Back in John chapter 4, verse 14, 14, why does the Lord give us the Holy Spirit? Portrayed here as a bubbling spring within him, because it has to continually be one. To get people there. This is where I was hoping. Okay. I had another picture I forgot that I wanted to bring. And I, there was a, like a five gallon bucket of water that poured over my head. And somebody caught that picture with my hair like being pushed out, and I didn't even look wet. It was just a, a coolest snapshot. You should want to be wet. Anything bad for you to be wet. Amen. Amen. Wet with the Holy Spirit. The third thing is, 
As we are filled with a fresh, bubbling spring, we become, or are, a source of blessing to others. I might be repeating myself here, but the spring bubbling out and out of us blesses others who are thirsty. People are dying of thirst all around us. You see it. You know what I'm talking about. All these people in our communities, they don't know what they're thirsty for. But we do. We got to be willing to share. Now maybe, maybe this is where some of those pictures came into play. Where it's done to try to encourage us that you know, not only will my spirit be with me, you can trust me, but sometimes we need that little extra push, like, hey, this is easy. This should be easy. But I'm scared. But just look at the mountains, look at the look at the sunshine, look at the moonshine at night, look at the stars. Thinking about the things of God. Something easy we can share with somebody that doesn't know the Lord personally. And then others who may have grown up in the family, we, we just look at your word. How many of you have multiple Bibles hanging around the house? I've got my phone on me all the time. I'm looking at that Bible all the time. But I still miss this guy. I still miss this. And one of the things I enjoy the most when I'm asked if I would preach is that this comes up. And I used to teach the kids in school as to how, how to use this. This is still a great tool. I'm learning how to do it on the phone. You know, you find your concordances and everything else, but still have to use it. Amen. Amen. I've had a few Bibles. Um, this one is special to me. The Thompson Chain, when I figured out how to use Thompson Chain Bibles, it, it blessed me. And I, I dig into it. And my, my habit is I'll, I'll do it too much and I'll put together a book. I've told Pastor John this before. I'll put together something that's going to last for weeks. And then the hardest part is bringing it down so I can fit it in a Sunday morning message. But, you know, there's, I got tabs in here and everything else, and a lot of times I have to go back and try to figure out why I put that tab in there. You got highlights, you got notes written inside, but getting into God's Word, don't be afraid to share with people that you read it, that you really do read it. And it's not just that big book on the coffee table that you're not allowed to touch. But the, it's, it's life-giving. It's alive. The Word's alive. God is alive. Now use that as a tool. Fumble through it. Whatever. God's Holy Spirit will be with you so that you can share with the lost. These people are thirsty all around us in our communities. And they don't know what they're thirsty for. We're going to find this happening more. You and I are in the rivers of living water that these dying people need. As they see Christ in us, the fruit of the Spirit, and want what we have, we can tell them 
how they can come to Jesus and drink. Lost people desperately need what only we who have believed can give them. But the rivers should also, they should also flow from us to other believers, especially to those who may be going through a dry spell. Even Paul and Titus were refreshed by others, by other believers. In 1 Corinthians 16, 18, 2 Corinthians 17, 13, where he specifically talked about being with their brothers and sisters and how they were in a church and even before in the middle, after and I speak to a lot of people here off and on throughout the days I don't remember a Sunday where I left and I didn't stay in my house nothing there was always something there was always a party for somebody somewhere along the way something that happened during the week, somebody shared a testimony just to see your face. You know, I haven't seen you in a week or more. Give you a hug and say, oh, I miss you. You guys have a great vacation? We prayed for you guys. I heard God answered that prayer. Did you guys hear that? I missed you last week. As you're filled with the Spirit and satisfied in Christ, you can overflow to those around you. Beginning in your home, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control should be flowing, flowing out of us daily. Amen. These qualities they should be flowing between us in the church. Even if you find fellow believers difficult to deal with. Even if you find either believers difficult to deal with. <laughs> If you only come to church to get something for yourself, you'll be like the Dead Sea. Does know about the Dead Sea? When we talk about those springs of water rising up, it's so salty that nothing can live. Nothing can live in it. The rivers that are outside the Dead Sea that run into the Dead Sea, now it's dead. Don't be the river that runs into the Dead Sea. I need to pause that one for When you come to church, come with the prayer. Lord, fill me with your spirit and flow out of me towards those who may be thirsty. As you allow the rivers to flow out of you to others, you'll discover that you're actually more filled than before you gave up. How many experience that? Experience that all the time. All the time. That's why I love fellowship so much. That's the key to preventing burnout. Be satisfied in Christ and let his fullness flow through you to others. Yesterday, uh, speaking to the JML crew, uh, that just blessed my heart. But just being honest with you, sometimes, and some of you I think have spoke there, 
there are a lot of people being wheeled in wheelchairs and we have a full house and I know they've been doing construction and our space was very limited but there was 20, 20 people in the wheelchair and it was the rest of the staff and us about another 10 and uh, you know they would kind of navigate the chairs around and not hit people and some of the nurses you could tell they got a certain attitude for some of the churches. Jesus met the woman at the well, and he 
said that this would be like a fresh bubbling spring. I've said this before, just in your mind's eye. Picture it. Picture yourself there. And Jesus saying those words to you. Picture yourself. Picture that bubble. Always going. Always going. Always spilling out. Always getting people wet with the Holy Spirit. Whether it's our fellow believers or it's the lost. I just interviewed you, put those, those three things up there that I focus on. We have to be thirsty. We have to be thirsty. We must learn to walk in the Holy Spirit and experience His holiness. And as we are filled with that fresh bubbling spring, we are a source of blessing. Amen. I have a prayer here that wrote this one out might add clarity. As I pray, if you feel like you're bumbling over the spring, it's more like a trickle. You need to meet God here at the altar. I encourage you. Just come up. Maybe you know if it's you. Maybe you know here at the altar. Even at the very least within your heart. Ask God to send the water. Get it flowing. Give me that thirst that David spoke about. As a deer panting for the water, so my soul thirsts for you, Lord. And begin to look for ways of walking with the Spirit throughout every day. Lord. Know that you want to fill us with your Holy Spirit. That bubbling spring, a river of living water. Lord, each morning, let your Spirit remind us. Fill me. Lord, I need you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to get people wet. Wet with your love. Wet with your compassion. That would encourage me. I don't want to be that trickling. So, just asking for your help that we may expand and reach out for the lost with your love, Lord, that we would grow in your kingdom see more people. More people in this thirst that is us. More people having an understanding of what they are thirsty for. More people realizing that they're dehydrated and they need Jesus. Help us to be those who reach 
together before. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's take another page out of Pastor John's. Okay, I'm going to read scripture over you. So if you guys want to stand and read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are God's masterpiece. I love that word. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So I would be that masterpiece. That God speak. 